0: Temple. You can be part of the whole thing by dropping us an email or uh, you can join us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. Well, we're going to read from three places today, beginning with Daniel chapter 2, Matthew 21, and 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to read all of Daniel chapter 2, so uh, bear with me. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, the word for me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses shall be laid in ruins. But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards in great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will show its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you're trying to gain time because you see that the word for me is firm. If you do not make known the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there's not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand. For no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. The thing that the king asks is difficult and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Because of this, the king was very angry and very furious, and commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Then Daniel replied with prudence and discretion to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, who had gone out to kill the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch made the matter known to Daniel. And Daniel went in and requested the king to appoint him a time that he might show the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and made the matter known to Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, his companions, and told them to seek mercy from God, from the God of, of heaven concerning this mystery so that Daniel and his companions might not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night then Daniel blessed the God of heaven and Daniel answered and said blessed is the name of God forever and ever to whom belong wisdom and might he changes times and seasons he removes kings and sets up kings he gives wisdom to the wise and gives knowledge to those who have understanding he reveals deep and hidden things he knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. Therefore Daniel went in to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and said thus to him, do not destroy the wise men of Babylon, Bring me in before the king, and I will show the king the interpretation. Then Arioch brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus to him, "I have found among the exiles from Judah a man who will make known to the king the interpretation." The king declared to Daniel, whose name was Beltesh, uh, Belteshazzar, "Are you able to make known to me the dream and that I have seen the dream that I have seen and its interpretation?" Daniel answered the king and said. No wise men, enchanters, magicians or astrologers can show to the king the mystery that the king has asked. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head as you lay in bed are these. To you, O king, as you lay in bed came thoughts of what would be after this and he who reveals mysteries made known to you what is to be. But as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because of any wisdom that I have, more than any of the living, but in order that the interpretation may be known to the king, that you may know the thoughts of your mind. You saw, O king, and behold a great image. This image, mighty of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you look, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold altogether were broken in pieces, and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the images became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the might, and the glory, and into whose hands He has given wherever they dwell the children of man, the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall rise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all these. And as you saw, the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so that the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw, the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage. But they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation sure. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering, and incense, be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods and Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery." Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king, and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel remained in the king's court. And then some much shorter readings. First of all, from Matthew chapter 21. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Uh, We begin with 42. Jesus said to them, "'Have you never read in the scriptures "'the stone that the builders rejected "'has become the cornerstone? "'This was the Lord's doing, "'and it is marvelous in our eyes. "'Therefore I tell you, "'the kingdom of God will be taken away from you "'and given to a people producing its fruits, "'and the one who falls on this stone "'will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. And then to First Timothy chapter 6, turning with verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee these sinful things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of Of many witnesses i charge you in the presence of god who gives life to all things and of christ jesus who in his testimony before pontius pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our lord jesus christ which he will display at the proper time he who is the blessed and only sovereign the king of kings and lord of lords who alone has immortality who dwells in unapproachable light, who no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Amen. Now may God bless to us these readings from his holy word. Now there have been many times in my life where I've been in very, very precarious kinds of situations. I remember one time uh, in my last church, uh, quite frankly, things were going quite poorly. And uh, and I was very concerned that I'd actually be dismissed. Uh, and I was praying about this and actually looking forward to the next thing that God was going to do. Because I had a lot of faith, a lot of confidence. And as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me clearly and said, Rod, you're not going to be able to figure out the next thing that I'm going to do. So don't even try. Just stay and remain faithful. And I did. And the Lord worked everything out. I remember we were going through a similar time here at City Temple uh, more than 15 years ago now and uh, and and I knew that things were going to get difficult and I was praying and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Rod, stand, do not resign and remember this is not your fight. And, uh, and he emphasized that time after time and sometimes I forgot and I made it my fight, which was a big mistake uh, but uh, but that word carried me through, and I'm here today. And, uh, and those are just a couple examples. I, I hope the day will come when the building is complete that I can give you some examples of how, the God, how God spoke into the building situation. Uh, but we face various times in our life. I mean, I've, you know, I've talked to people who have had God speak to them sometimes, say, don't go down that way, go a different way. And in one case, the person failed to do it and ended up in a major car accident. Uh, In other cases, people avoided danger that they found out later was laying in wait for them. I mean, there's, there's dozens and dozens of stories. But the point is, there are times when getting a word from the Lord is a life and death matter. There are times when you need to hear from God. And there are times when you cannot act until you hear God. Yet, most of the time, even in churches, we try to make decisions based on our good common sense, based on our own wisdom, based on our own understanding. And sometimes they work out well and sometimes they don't. But we are living in a time, living in Babylon, where getting a word from the Lord is literally a life and death matter. It can make the difference between whether you have a home or not, whether you have a job or not, what happens in your relationships, and even your own personal safety. We are constantly facing impossible situations where we need to hear from God and trust God fully, just like Daniel did in chapter 2 in the story that we read there. Now, I'm not going to repeat the whole story. You heard the whole story, so I don't need to repeat it again. But here is King Nebuchadnezzar. He's got all this power, yet he's he's really insecure, and he has this dream. And he calls together uh, this group of people, and you know, they're they're the magicians, the enchanters, and all of that. And frankly, a lot of scholars don't know exactly what those words mean. But basically, we make a mistake if we think of these, scholar, uh, of these guys as like witches and warlocks and that kind of thing. These guys were the civil servants in Babylon. This would be like the King Nebuchadnezzar calling together the civil servants uh, of all the different branches to help him out. But he says, okay, give me the dream and the interpretation. Now, why does he say that? It's not a test on these guys. He's saying it because he doesn't remember the dream. He's had a bunch of dreams; they've disturbed him. He's woke, he's awakened, disturbed. But at the same time, he doesn't under—he doesn't get the dream. He's got glimpses of it, but he doesn't have the dream. Doesn't really understand. So he says, "Give me the dream, and the interpretations." And the guy says, "There's no way in the world that we're going to do that. Uh, nobody can do that." And uh, of course, he says, "Okay, you're all fired." And that means literally, I'm gonna burn your houses down and kill you all. Uh, so we have a pretty desperate situation. So they're all worried and the guards are going out and they're starting to collect all the civil servants. And of course they collect Daniel there. And Daniel says, hey, what's going on? And, uh, and the guard Arioch says, well, you're gonna die. And he says, why? And he says, cause of this dream thing. Uh, and so Daniel, notice what he does. He goes and he makes an appointment with the king. And then he goes back to his friends and says, give me the interpretation. Uh, he gets the interpretation and the dream from God. He gives it and he's saved. You know, he, he survives. He gets a promotion in all of this. All the wise guys, uh, the wise men, you know, they, they, keep, they stay alive and uh, his friends get a promotion out of the whole thing too. So pretty good outcome in it all. And it's a great story. And uh, the thing about it, you know, is is that this is the kind of thing that plays out in real life in Babylon today. And I think looking at this story will give us some insights, some glimpses, if you will, into Babylon today and how we can flourish in this Babylon. Now by a glimpse, I mean like a snapshot, a little look, Because that's exactly what we get in the book of Daniel. Daniel is not a total biography of Daniel. Uh, It's not big enough to be the total biography. You just get little glimpses of the life of Daniel and you extrapolate from those little glimpses. And the first thing we get in this passage, we get some glimpses into Babylon then that relate to Babylon now. Some glimpses into Babylon then that relate to Babylon now. First of all, Babylon is a place of impossible situations for which the people of Babylon have no answers. Revealing the content of someone's dream is impossible. No human being can do it. Solving the situation of climate change is impossible. No human being can do it. Solving the issue of violence and theft in our nation right now is impossible. No human being can do it. In fact, of all the things, solving the issue of of, uh, debt and and, uh, uh, of uh, of inflation, uh, all those things, they're impossible. You know, Babylon is a place of impossible situations. Babylon is also an anxious place that undermines real leadership. The anxiety that's present in Babylon, that in in this case went from Nebuchadnezzar on down, and Nebuchadnezzar transferred his anxiety to everybody else. You know, it's all around us, and that kind of anxiety, it always undermines our leadership. Leaders feel insecure in the midst of this. Nebuchadnezzar, he's strong, he looks strong, and yet the man is completely insecure. He has this dream, and because of this dream, he questions how long he's gonna be the leader. His insecurity is showing. He doesn't double down on his power, but he gets worried. And leaders, because of this in Babylon, leaders often don't know their own mind any more than Nebuchadnezzar really knew his dream. And sometimes leaders in this context will act foolishly, they will act rashly without consideration of the outcomes. Like killing everybody, killing the whole civil servant. Now, as much as various prime ministers might have really liked to have done that in the last 20 years, it's not a realistic solution, right? And ultimately, it's going to work against him. You know, and this happens all the time in babylon they make leaders make dumb decisions that have really bad outcomes and they don't think about it and another thing we learn we see about babylon babylon is a foolish place that looks to the wrong people for solutions to the problems of life babylon is always looking to the wrong people i mean how many times do people look to celebrities and think that just because somebody's made a movie that made a hundred million, oh, they can tell me about how to live my life. How ridiculous is that? And yet people are doing it all the time. And so you see the kind of categories that were there in Babylon. Although we see them, we don't under, really understand what they are, like magicians. Magicians were not like the guys that pulled the rabbits out of the hat, right? These were like the sacred scribes. They kept track of the incantations. They're like the foretellers. Uh, But these are the people who speak in confusing or unknown ways. I mean, the example today would be forecasters and consultants. Now we're filled with forecasters and consultants. And sometimes the things they say are utterly ridiculous. Now here's one. By the way, for those of you for whom English is not your first language, don't even begin to try to understand this because for those of you whose English, whose first language is English, you won't be able to understand it either. So it's like this, you know, here's, here's consultant speak. Well, we need some blue sky thought leadership. So let's take this offline and circle back so we can develop the synergy necessary to pivot to the unprecedented new normal as we think outside the box On our own work from home bandwidth to pick the long hanging fruit. Sounds great, right? Uh, That'd be uh, 10,000 pounds, please. That's the magicians there. The enchanters, the enchanters back then were the people who sought to cast a spell to shape your thinking, to control or manipulate your mind. Today, the enchanters are the advertisers, the publishers and those who engage in propaganda. They're like the social media influencers. That's the enchanters. Then you had the sorcerers, and these were the people who sought to manipulate things in the natural world, what we would call science today, to achieve their ends and control or manipulate people. This today would be like the pseudo-scientists, those who are claiming to be scientific and speaking in scientific ways, but frankly, They fail completely to follow either the facts or the scientific method. I mean, come on, here's the example, COVID. How often do we hear follow the science? We weren't following the science. Most of the people speaking weren't speaking the science. I saw that even in the midst of it, as I was reading a number of scientific journals and articles to keep abreast of what was happening. And I'd read an article and then I'd read what someone was saying and say, this is ridiculous. Well, these are pseudoscientists. These were sorcerers. It's where they use science falsely, even though we could say the truth is out there like they did with the X-Files. And then you had the Chaldeans. Now the Chaldeans, they were the privileged class in government. They were the privileged civil servants. The Chaldeans today would be the Oxbridge-educated Old Etonians. Those were Chaldeans. They would be the civil servant service mandarins in the UK today. So you had all these groups, and people looked to all these groups. Nebuchadnezzar looked to all these groups for answers, but the answers was in none, were, were in none of them. These groups don't have the answers that people want in Babylon. So this means that Babylon The next thing is a dangerous place where we could be destroyed along with the idiots who often run the place well we just have to be careful and i use the term idiots in a tongue-in-cheek kind of way babylon also though importantly is a place where god's people may exercise an extraordinary amount of influence but we must live according to God's will and we must trust God for our promotions. So how do we do that? Well, we get some glimpses of Daniel here in Babylon as well. Glimpses of that's not tongues, that's baby talk. Uh, Glimpses of Daniel in Babylon that relate to then, that relate to Christians now. The first thing Daniel is faithfully going about his business. We are Daniel's not being lazy. He's not checked out. He's engaged, and he is faithfully engaged in his business. He's faithfully engaged in what we might call the marketplace. He's not engaged in religious activities. Daniel was not a religious leader. Daniel was a business leader, and Daniel's fully engaged faithfully in business. And as Daniel's engaged in business, Daniel conducts himself with prudence and discretion. Prudence means that he's showing care and thought for the future. He's looking ahead. He's making wise decisions with a mind toward the outcomes that would come. Discretion means that Daniel was being careful in his speech and careful in his actions to avoid causing either embarrassment or offense. He was taking care in the way he talked to people. It's kind of like what Paul tells Timothy. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. And then the next thing you see about Daniel, although he's faithfully engaged in business, he's conducting himself with discretion and prudence, Daniel also is living by faith. And it's easy to miss this. But what does Daniel do? He hears the report from Ariok, and then he goes and makes an appointment with the king. It's like he goes to the king's secretary and says, give me an appointment, preferably tomorrow, to see the king because I'm going to deal with this. That's before he gets the outcome of the dream. That's before he knows what's going on. So Daniel is also living and acting by faith. And then you see Daniel actively maintaining a connection with his friends, with God's people, especially those core friendships. It was easy for him to go right away to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, hey, guys, you need to pray, because we got to get a word, because if we don't get a word, we're going to die. You know, this is life or death. So boys, get on your face before God. I will too, because we need a word. So just say, God, be merciful. And I can imagine, oh, God, oh, God, please, please. So, so Daniel's connected with the guys. He's maintaining these relationships. He's maintaining these connections. And Daniel knows that god is the only one who has the answers he knows god and he knows that god has the answers that we need and as christians today we need to know god is the only one that has the solutions for crime god is the only one has the solution for climate change god is the only one who has the solutions for debt and these other issues and we're only going to find it as we look to god now that doesn't mean that we need God always to speak to our prime minister. Sometimes we just need God to speak to one of the Chaldeans and come up with the right solution, the right answer there. And so Daniel in here, he gives glory to God and he refuses to take the credit for himself. He maintains his humility. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He tells the king, excuse me, doesn't take the opportunity. Apologies. Uh, forgot to turn that back on. Sorry for those of you watching online. Uh, so uh, we know that, uh, let's go back to God. We get glimpses of God in Babylon that reveal God, how he works in our Babylon now. God is the one who owns all wisdom and power. He's sovereign over the times and the seasons. He's sovereign over leaders. God is the one who brings the leader up and God is the one who sets a leader down. God does that. God gives people the ability to acquire knowledge and apply knowledge. Do You know, God is the source of science. It's the way that God designed this world that makes science possible. God is the source of learning. He's given us the ability to learn. God is the source of wisdom. He's given us the ability to acquire wisdom. This all comes from God. And God is the one who reveals deep and hidden things. There are many things about the world that we're living in right now that we will not know unless we go to God because we cannot know apart from God. He is the source of revelation. He knows what's hidden in the darkness and all light dwells with God. God alone deserves our thanks and praise And God will make things known to us if we ask him together. And that's key. So many times we do not get a word from God because we are not going to God's people together to hear the word. Some of the most powerful times of God speaking into my life have been times when I've gathered in worship with God's people. We need to be doing that. Especially now, because getting a word in Babylon can be a life and death matter. So we get glimpses in this passage then of two things, two things that we need to flourish in our present Babylon. Bringing all of these things together. We need, as Daniel told the guys to pray, we need God by mercy to make his revelation known concerning our present situation. We need God in mercy to make his revelation known concerning our present situation. That is true in business. That is true in education. That's true in your job. That's true in your family. That's true in the church. In all these things, we need God by his mercy to make his revelation known Concerning our present present situation. Because in Babylon, getting a word from the Lord really is a matter of life and death. And we need to get words from God, and sometimes we need them quick. We can't wait. So if we want to hear reliably from God, we must know our context. It's difficult to live in Babylon if you think you're still living in Israel. It's difficult to live in Babylon if you're still surrounded by the remnants of Israel and you think, oh, I can just do it the way I've always done it. You can't. The world is radically changed and we must change along with it. Another dynamic here, if we want to hear God, we want to get words from God, we must know God's people. And we must be hanging out with them. We must be maintaining those close friendships. absolutely essential. And I thank God every day almost, for our elders. Because these guys are very close friends who can speak into my life. And I tell you, we have heard so many times from God when we gather together. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. We also need to know ourselves. Now, a lot of times we walk in self-deception, like Nebuchadnezzar did. A lot of times our anxiety just kind of overwhelms us. But we need to know who we are We need to know who we are in relationship with God, and we need to walk in humility and faith and faithfulness. Many times we don't hear a word because we're not faithful in the way that we live. That faithfulness is essential. And we must know God as God really is. Frankly, most people live with a conception of God in their mind that is not based in the Bible. It's not based in reality. It's not based in Jesus Christ. We need to know God as God has revealed himself. And trust in that God. If you don't know God in truth, then you will not hear God's truth for your life. If you don't know God in truth, then you will not hear God's truth in your life. So, we need, we need God by mercy to make his revelation known concerning our present situation. The second thing, we need God by mercy to remind us that we are living in the fulfillment of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. We don't often realize that. But Nebuchadnezzar's dream is now fulfilled. It was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the stone that crushes kingdoms, including all Babylons that ever have been or ever will be. Jesus Christ is the stone. That's what Jesus says about himself there in Matthew chapter 21. He's a stone that was cut by no human hand because he transcends all humanity, even though he became one of us. Fully God, fully human. And in Jesus, God has set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed. It's that mountain in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And we are God's kingdom people. The kingdom belongs to us. It's not yet here in its fullness, but it is here in Jesus Christ by God's grace. Jesus Christ living inside of us. The power of the Holy Spirit. And we are called to be a people here in Babylon who produce the fruits of the kingdom. Right here in Babylon. Right here in Babylon. And this kingdom, God's kingdom, shall stand forever. So we need to remember continually that Jesus is our rock. And Jesus is our king. And no matter how bad it looks in Babylon, no matter how powerful Babylon seems, it does not compare at all to Jesus. Remember we said, Daniel lived a faithful life punctuated by miracles, not a miraculous life punctuated by faithfulness. And that's important. Because a lot of times we think, oh, I can never be like Daniel." I'd never have the courage to, to do all those things that Daniel did in such short a period of time, the dreams and face the lions and all this kind of stuff. But this is the story unfolding over Daniel's lifetime. We can live a faithful life because Jesus Christ lives in us. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead, setting us free from the power of sin, death, and hell. We can live a faithful life because the Spirit of God empowers us to do so. Daniel lived a faithful life punctuated by miracles, not a miraculous life punctuated by faithfulness, and in the same way, we can live a faithful life punctuated by miracles, even if we don't see ourselves living a miraculous life. But we need to understand, we are living right now in dangerous times, and you need to hear almost every day from God you need to be listening you need to be together with God's people praying for God to speak we are truly living in dangerous times that means that we need to live with confidence in Jesus as the king of kings and the lord of lords over all the babylons of the world let's pray Gracious God, thank you so much for the example of Babylon. And thank you that it's an example that by your grace and through the power of your Holy Spirit that we can follow in as well. I pray that you'd help us do that. Speak to us, encourage us, challenge us, and help us live that faithful life punctuated by the miracles that you bring out of your kindness, your mercy, your goodness, and your faithfulness. We love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. And we pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord now.